Ladies and gentlemen, Backstage Hex Fight Series 28 Festival Hall here with the man in charge, Sammy Haywood, Combat One. Your boy, Jono Mikolev, just... I, I wouldn't... Shocked everyone outside of Combat One. I mean, everyone knew he was going to be a future star, but the question was coming in, could he be a present one? Can you put into words what it's like to have had Jono from basically his, his, his very first fight to now being a, a champion in one of the best organisations in Australia? Yeah, I guess um, it's just really cool to watch someone's progress. He's, he's super dedicated, so, like, it's just easy. He's so easy to be around, really coachable. So, like, it's just awesome, you know, honestly. In terms of, like, people doubting him, I think the kind of the thing we kept talking about was almost like a storyline. Is like we had a secret. We had a secret within our gym and it was like we all know how good he is the guys at AET know how good he is and um, you know it's like it doesn't matter like the rest of it's really just noise because like real recognise real I am the noise um, and, <laughs> and but you had a secret unfortunately <laughs> the secret's out yeah yeah but that's a good thing that's a good thing because uh, you know I, and even then I, like Joey brought some really good stuff out of Jono there but like Jono was good to go like he's got way more in the gas tank like what he was kind of saying there at the end I really believe it's like it's going to take a pretty special fighter to get the best out of him um, and he'll just break dudes until that happens did you see champion mentality when you first met in fact take us back to when you first met Jono yeah, so we actually, we sparred the very first time I was at my old boxing club, Tarnate Boxing, and um, the coach said, oh, there's an there's a MMA fighter coming in to have a spar, and I was an MMA fighter, and I was like, who the fuck's coming in? And you're, not, you're not just any MMA fighter, I'm a seven and three, that's, that's pretty good. Yeah, and at the time I was very active, and, you know, I was right in the scene, um, but... You know, I was kind of like, oh, who's this kid? And he come in, and at that point, he was in the lead-up to have his AMI debut, and we had a spa, and I just kind of said to him, you're not ready to have a debut, so don't do it. And then um, kind of a couple of months later, he just kind of hitched his wagon onto me, and I wasn't coaching at the time. He kind of just hung around me until I started coaching him. And then... Um, yeah, it's just been pretty much... So he made you a coach? Yeah, kind of. Like, at the time, I was just coaching a few, like, hobbyists, jiu-jitsu, um, and he was the first kind of, like, super committed dude who wanted to kind of train with me full-time. So, yeah, he kind of... What's the transition been like from your fighting career? To, did you ever think you would want to coach, and did you ever think you could coach champions now? I, de I didn't want to coach. When I retired, I wanted to be kind of done with the sport. You know, like it takes so much out of you being a fighter that when I kind of was ready to finish up, it was like ready to make some money, um, you know, ready to settle down, have a family. And so realistically, it was Jono and Dee. They were the two do the guys who kind of just asked me to coach them. And so they, that, it all just happened organically, really organically. And then from there, it's just been... The team's kind of built around us. We just kind of do our thing and everyone's welcome, so it's just good. So you almost accidentally launched a champion gym? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Well, and the, and the thing is, I was a PE teacher as well. So, like, in terms of actually coaching and teaching people, I'm, I can do that really easily. And because I was a, a pro fighter, it just kind of happened. So, I mean, I guess, can you sum it up from, from when he first walked in, you told him he wasn't ready type thing, to now he, he's the champion. Like, I mean, how, how shocked are you? Like, can you put it into words just how crazy that journey has been? Yeah, I wouldn't say shocked at all. Like, um, 
It was in like February this year. I said to him, I think you're the best welterweight in the country. And um, that was just before he fought um, Dan Kurt. And, um, you know, I said, like, I think you beat everyone. And what, why? Just, well, I've sparred with a lot of the guys in the country, or at least I've sparred with, like, the, a lot of the top guys around Melbourne. And Jono just beats the brakes off me. So, you know, I just was like, it's pretty natural. And also, I've seen him work with, you know, the best guys. We were at Resilience before, opened up Combat 1. So from day one of him coming in, he was like a two-fight amateur. He was sparring with Jake and Jimmy, Cal Potter, Ben Sassoli, myself, Kit. It's like, you know, you talk about murderers row. That was like Melbourne's murderers row of MMA fighters. And that was his entire come up was just training and sparring with those guys. Now, people say the sky is the limit, but, but just how far is the sky with, with John O'Mikolev? Like, how far can he go? I, I think he's got like world champion potential. You know, like, um, and I don't say that lightly, like, you know, but I, I think he's got it. He's, got, he's just got that really nice blend of um, like coachability, general like athleticism. Um, he's got a great home life. Like he's just he's rock solid, you know. So like, there's nothing really that I see. As long as he wants to keep doing it, that'll it'll hold him back from going really far. And what was it like as a coach? Uh, it was a very uh, drama-filled lead-up to the event. Of course, there was even like scuffles at the press conference, and John is just cool as a cucumber through all of it. Did you have to say anything to him throughout all of that? Uh, we have chats about stuff, but <clears throat> not really. To be honest, Johnny probably calms me down more than like um, more than I calm him down. He's often telling me like, "No, no, don't do that." Don't do that. Um, but uh, not really. I love it, but it's all kind of noise. Like at the end of the day, all of that stuff is like outside of what happens, and we talked about that a lot, you know. And, and it's kind of something we talk about every training camp is that it's like we spar every week, we train hard every single week. So it's like what happens when those cage doors close, everything else doesn't matter. Um, and he's just super composed. Like you just can't break him with anything, you know, like hard kind of spider circuits, hard assault bike rounds. It's like you just can't break him. He's just always good to go. He's always good to do more. Did you notice the difference with how he perhaps has been through the media throughout the lead up to this to when he finally had the belt wrapped around him and obviously he got in front of the mic and we saw a bit more of Jono. Is that the Jono you, you normally see or was that, was that a little bit turned up even more? Yeah, well, I think like something that all young fighters kind of develop because most young like most fighters aren't great at media well good fighters are normally not that great at media early and the guys who are good at media probably suck <laughs> in the cage um thanks uh, <laughs> um but you know it's something that like i just say to him it's just like be yourself if you can be yourself because he's a legend mm. And it's kind of like that Aussie style is like just a good bloke. Like that's what we like over here. We just like good guys. So he's probably falls into that um, line of guys, more like Rob Whittaker, more like Alex Volkanovski. Even Jack Della's got a yeah, similar yeah, vibe. Yeah, yeah, real similar vibe. Just laid back, cool dudes, you know, good fighters. So they just let, let the fighting do the talking. And uh, a couple more questions. Where do you want to see Jono go fr from here? He mentioned something about the UFC. Was that, has that been talked about? Was that, does he just know that uh, Sean Shelby was watching it because of Joey? Well, we, we've gotten word that the, the matchmakers at the UFC are watching these shows. So we know that we, we're told that they're watching this stuff. So he, um, and we hear that they want finishes and they want exciting fights. So that's kind of all you got to work off. Um, in terms of what's next for him, We'll see. 
you know. Like, yeah, he did say he made the trip to Auckland as a guy. Yeah, yeah like, uh, I don't want to do that, man. I'd rather fight in Melbourne. I don't have to travel. Um, but I don't really care. Like, you know, he, I think he's the best. Um, ideally, it'd be a guy from the UFC, like someone who's been cut from the UFC. That'd be perfect. That'd be the next step up. Because once you prove yourself against someone at that level, that's, that's ideal. Um, but man, we're not stressed. We've never said no to a fight, um, you know. But having said that, now we'll probably look at making the smartest decision moving forward. Well, Sammy Haywood, I mean, first time we've actually gotten to chat, and I really do appreciate it because you're finally getting the props you deserve. And of course, now is Jono. Thank you, brother. Really appreciate that. Thank you.